Welcome everyone to today's episode of Craftcast. Uh, as usual, I'm with James and uh, Sean. Uh, how are we guys? Pretty good actually. Yeah. Um, we're, we're recording this in the middle of the June heat wave, so it's a little bit warm here in Freemasons Hall. Mm. Thankfully this room has some decent air conditioning. Um, and I'm sat here in just a waistcoat and a shirt and trousers, no tie, no jacket. So we do have a lodge meeting this evening that all three Indeed. of us are at. Exciting mm. stuff. And Stephen, how are you? Um, I'm I'm very well, thank you. I, what, uh, what have you been up to since we last met? Well, um, we had a, a charity event at my at my fencing club up at university, um, mm. and uh, it was quite a quite a fun event. We had uh, this tournament just between our, our own club um where people could donate money to sponsor you uh, to fence and the more money you uh, collected for your donations the more fun uh, tokens you got a bit like handicaps in golf mm. so we had all these things like adding weights to your, your feet and so you couldn't so you couldn't move as uh, quickly and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and a couple you know double points for this hit and you know you can't go backwards and you know made it mm. uh exciting um and uh yeah we raised two thousand four hundred pounds between i think it was 16 of us 17 of us, something like that um and uh i was representing um a combination of uh, tlc teddies for love and care gibraltar Mm -hmm. and the uh, staffordshire mcf 2024 festival um and so i i collected from both uh, the money that came from gibraltar went to gibraltar and the money that came from staffordshire went to staffordshire Mm. and i took home 900 pounds for my my charities which was well done lovely yeah because you're Dad, shout out Stephen Watley Sr. Yeah. Uh, he's involved with Teddy's Love and Care yeah. in Gibraltar, isn't he? Yeah, he is a, a founder a trustee back in 2006 um, with uh, with two other uh, brethren. Mm-hmm. Uh, one unfortunately passed away and the other still still going strong with him as well. Washable brother Tim Turner, shout out to Washable brother Tim. And uh, yeah, so yeah, so he's been doing that. He, my dad has delivered the Teddies for oh, 18 years now, maybe, wow. something like that. Almost as long as you've been alive. <laughs> and James, what have you been up to? Um, travelling, no doubt. Michael Palin over here. Yes, ab- absolutely. Yeah, a lot of travelling. Um, we had our Provincial Grand Lodge and Provincial Grand Chapter mm-hmm. annual meeting mm-hmm. last Saturday. And, and we do both on the same day in Warwickshire. So we have the Provincial Grand Chapter Royal Arch in the morning. Yep. We have a combined lunch. And then we do Provincial Grand Lodge in the afternoon. So it's sort of, I don't know, eight till five, eight till six sort of time frame. Indissoluble link. Indissoluble link, <laughs> one absolutely. One organisation, yeah. one journey. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, and of course, we have the same head of both orders as well. Sure. The double header, which helps. Um, I was a little bit tired, though, because we had a rehearsal the night before mm. uh, on the Friday evening. And I had literally landed in Heathrow from New York about four hours before the rehearsal. And of course, as deputy <sighs> deputy DC, uh, you've got quite a bit to do, I imagine. In I, well, I had no choice. I had to be there. Now, yeah. I actually love Provincial Grand Lodge. And for anyone listening that's a Master Mason, if you ever get the chance to go to Definitely, one, yeah. you really should, because it's a really special day. Mm. The way that Provincial Grand Lodge is opened is different to how a Just normal a lodge... Bit, bit special, bit extra. Yeah, I, I, I really enjoy it. And it's, it's nice as well to see people getting their appointments and their promotions and to celebrate that. It's all very wholesome, everybody. I think. A I love it. Where, whereabouts is that held in Warwickshire? Is that at King's Heath? No, it's, uh, well, King's Heath is in Worcestershire. Sorry. Actually. No, you're right, but I know you guys use the building. We like. do use that building for our installed master's lodge, but we've actually, um, we've moved around over the last few years. We were at mm. the um, CBS Arena 
formerly known as the Rico Arena last year. Nice. Where Coventry City and Wasps used to play. Yes. Um, and this year we were at the National Motorcycle Museum um, oh. in Birmingham, which was, it was a really nice venue actually the the room was a stunning room and it did really you, set the scene did you have to ask anyone to leave or say uh, on your bike oh <laughs> ever the joker ever the Bottoms. joker i do need to come back to uh worshipful brother Watley over here though because yes. for those listening we have a little group chat that we are in <laughs> and i was scrolling through my phone one evening and saw that mr Watley over here had won a very special prize at university have you not oh, yeah. mr that. sports oh, yes. personality yeah uh, you're basically like sort of 2012 mo farrah <laughs> <laughs> that's how i um, see you now with much more hair <laughs> yes and probably the inability to run as far but <laughs> definitely the inability to run as far tell, tell us about it what was it um, what happened yeah it was uh I, I was quite surprised to be honest i um I was nominated uh, and then shortlisted for uh, Sportsman of the Year at my university. Uh, my club was uh, also, I'm club captain of my fencing club, and we were also uh, nominated and shortlisted for Most Improved Club and Club of the Year. So, yeah, we, we and a few of uh, the other individuals in my club got nominated for their own thing. So, yeah, that, that, that was really great. And uh, I was uh, very fortunate. I, I was selected as, as the winner, the Sportsman of the Year for Keele University. And what um, time did you go to bed? that Ooh, morning that's a good question you can't um, remember can you i'm gonna guess five o'clock that's a guess so really six <laughs> seven maybe eight were you, were you surprised to be named the keel sportsman of the year um i guess yes because you, you you never really know what what everyone else has achieved and you know i'm i'm of course as any sportsman i think should be as proud of my achievements and mm. confident in in what i've done but yeah. at the end of the day something like that it's it's uh very hard to choose between people who have mm. done such incredible things throughout the year so to mm. to to yeah be selected for that was a real honor and certainly can't say you ever expect something like that back in um 2013 i won the junior sports personality of the year but in gibraltar yeah and and likewise that was a that was a shock uh, and little 13 year old me got up on stage in front of 20,000 people on like, television and everything and you have not aged <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was like two years ago <laughs> 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 and um brother sean yes what have you been up to of late yes been rather busy this weekend uh, recently passed i was lucky enough to be up in leicester for the uh, regional members pathway event that was taking place at uh, the freemasons hall in leicester where a number of provinces from uh, sort of the midlands down towards london way um but there was a good collection of provinces. i think there were sort of 10 to 12 provinces mm. in attendance the provincial grand masters of each of the pres uh, of the provinces were in attendance as well as sort of key members of their membership teams a number of the communications officers were there and it was just a great opportunity to talk about the members pathway you know and perfectly segueing now Perfect timing, really. Not be better. What a coincidence! What a coincidence! <laughs> Who would have thought it? It's but like it was planned. It was almost <laughs> as if we think these things before we press play. Um, no, but genuinely, you know, it, 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 it's perfectly timed because for this episode of Craftcast, I was lucky. Obviously, you guys couldn't join me for this one, but I was lucky enough to sit down with uh, the assistant grandmaster Stephen Varley, with um, Ian Copestake, who's the provincial grandmaster for Derbyshire, and uh, with Chris Hurst, who's the project manager uh, for the Members' Pathway, to really talk about the Members' Pathway, to understand how vitally important it is for the not just the delivery of, stra uh, of the uh, strategy, but also the future of Freemasonry, which it absolutely is, mm. because essentially what it is, it's, it's a framework for, for lodges and provinces and even individual members to use to really help them 
do every part of that sort of attraction process within you know bringing people into freemasonry planning that journey of that that person through through freemasonry um you know how to engage them you know how to engage keep these people interested and involved within freemasonry and then those for example who may have left or or you know people who are, are continuing on the, their journey you know, retrieve as well you know sort of keeping them in and bringing back those who have who have left us so it was it was a fascinating conversation a brilliant weekend in leicester mm. uh, that was really useful I think in general, um, not just in Freemasonry, but but outside in, in work and in, even in, in university, I think a skill that I've uh, had to learn to acquire rather than trying to do everything myself, I think often some of the work has already been done and you can just, yeah. you know, wh- why repeat the work? And so if so- something like the Members Pathway can give that support structure, it's all been worked out and done before. Yeah, There's no, of course, every lodge will have its traditions and, and you know, can do it the way that they want to but yeah. there's no uh, obviously no harm in accessing that uh, support network and so i'm sure our listeners uh, will enjoy yeah. finding more out about that well hopefully and a big part of the members pathway is is the sharing of that good practice yeah you know exactly. and 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 the, a really good thing that came out of, of of us meeting in leicester and there there was another event regional event earlier in the year that was held in leeds mm. and that was for your sort of northern provinces we had the one in leicester which is for the midlands we've got another one in london which is in october and that's for that's a that's a big one actually i think there's about 20 provinces yeah. coming to that one uh, and then there's another one in bristol i think um a bit, a bit after that for the sort of southwest but a really positive thing to come out of that was that opportunity for provinces to sit down together and talk about how they're approaching the members' pathway and how they're dealing with the different challenges that, mm-hmm. that are arising. You know, as we welcome new people into Freemasonry, we, we try and keep people within Freemasonry. And, and the members' pathway really does encourage people to use that process to make sure that these people are having a good experience when it comes to, to joining Freemasonry as they go throughout their time uh, as, as a freemason as well so it was a really fascinating chat i hope our listeners get something from it and here it is so gentlemen thank you for joining us uh, today we're here to talk about membership uh, before we start in detail i'm curious just to get some context how did each of you become freemason Stephen, if we start with you how did you become a freemason my father was a freemason and he initiated me his grandfather my grandfather initiated him so it's a fairly good chance i would become a freemason <laughs> yes ian how about you um i was interested in my 30s to become a freemason i was living in the hope valley at the time but i didn't know any freemasons so i moved to buxton where i did know some freemasons i joined there um after visiting hope valley lodge i realized that i knew a lot of freemasons in the hope valley sadly they didn't make themselves known to me so i spent 10 years not joining when i no. could have joined <laughs> Oh dear. Mr. Hurst. Hello. How about you? Well, strangely, it's something I hadn't actually thought about until I was sailing one day. And one of my friends who became my proposer actually said, you do a lot of charity stuff. Have you thought about Freemasonry? And then several yacht races later, meeting some Freemasons, I suddenly found myself with a form and later with a blindfold and wondering, what am I doing? And you're still wondering that to this very day. Exactly. <laughs> so you talked about your, your form there. I'm curious to know, is there a really odd place that either of you have had to whip out a form M or a form P 
in order to try and get someone to join Freemasonry. Chris, how about you? Well, for me, uh, with my mother lodge, we've been very lucky that we've had people who've come from a variety of backgrounds, military, sailing, and we've generally found that if you can cope with a week on a yacht with someone, you can probably spend a <laughs> lifetime in a Masonic lodge with them. Yeah. So we've actually had a couple of forms filled in on tall ships in the middle of uh, big races in the Baltic, which is quite a strange thing. Wow. Stephen? Uh, several at Derby Rugby Club in the bar. <laughs> Ian? Uh, sorry, I'm very boring. All done in my house. No. Well, yeah, efficient. I like it. Now, obviously, today, gentlemen, we're here to talk about the members' pathway. And, Chris, I wonder if you could, because I know you've been involved in this project from the very beginning, could you give us an insight into how the members' pathway was first created? So the Members' Pathway came about as a group of work that was being done at UGLE in mid-2015, 2016, looking at how we can improve Freemasonry. And there were several ideas that were coming around at the time. One was how we can improve the quality of work in lodges. Another one was looking at how we address membership. And they came together with the concept of the Members' Pathway. So several people's ideas came together as one. Mm. A team of very skilled Masons actually got to meet in person over a series of two years and came up with what was the first Members' Pathway. Sadly, the way that it was... um, Uh, put together didn't meet uh, what everyone thought of was the best way to engage with it. So we looked at how we could improve that, and that's the content that you've got now. Mm, Okay. And, and, I mean, when we had the programme master on, he spoke a lot about the membership challenge, which sounds like quite an ominous-sounding thing. Ian, could you talk to us a a bit about the membership challenge? What actually is it for our listeners? Uh, Right. Well, the membership challenge, on the left-hand side, you've got the people coming in to lodges, um, either by initiation or by joining members. And on the right-hand side, you've got the people who have been leaving our lodges, um, uh, obviously deaths and resignations and exclusions. And the object of the exercise is that the left-hand column is at least matches or exceeds the right-hand column, which means that we will be growing and achieving the thriving membership that we um, all seek to find. So Ian, obviously the the obvious question that then follows on, what's the relationship between the Members' Pathway and the Membership Challenge? Well, the Members' Pathway is there to facilitate the operating of a membership initiative which will increase attraction, which will help with engagement and also help with retrieval. And of course that will increase the membership of uh, our provinces and therefore close the Membership Challenge. Mm. Okay. Now, obviously, we're on what we hope, I don't want to jinx it, touching wood when I say this, we're on the other side now of a global pandemic, COVID-19. And I think it's important to note that work actually began on the members' pathway before the pandemic. Now, Stephen, why was this needed? Quite simply because the original iteration wasn't working. Mm. It, It had been developed and given to provincial ambassadors to use. I think the common parlance was it was lobbed over the fence and it died a death. It was uh, promulgated to the provinces, but it wasn't embedded in the lodges, uh, and that's where it died. Mm. And we needed to to reinvigorate it, look at it again, repackage it. The the idea, the concept is brilliant, but the packaging and the support service behind it just didn't work. 
So you, you mentioned the need there, Stephen, for it to, to get down to that, lo- that lodge level. Ian, do you have any advice to a lodge that wants to start using the members' pathway? What would that be? Uh, yes, first of all, as a, as a lodge, you need to agree that you need to do something about membership within your lodge. Read the members' pathway. It'll help you. It's quite simple. It takes you through step by step. And don't forget your provincial officers, the provincial membership officer, the provincial mentor and so forth. They are there to help you. Okay. So I'm going to throw this out to anyone who wants to answer because it's uh, it might be up to some different interpretations, shall we say. But who makes the decisions on changes made to the members' pathway? Who does that sit with? So one of the things that's unique with the way that we work for the members' pathway team is across the country we have regional communication groups. Yep. Each of those has representatives from the provinces on board and with the members' pathway we actually have an RCG rep from each regional communications group who is a lead for that area and feeds into the members' pathway team who yep. help us evolve and shape the content and help us guide where we need to improve and what we can do better. Mm. They work with someone called a Spock and we can f- thank... Uh, Neil in North Wales for all these terms. I do apologise, but you need your own glossary for understanding what all this is. So a SPOC is a specific point of contact, and that is a provincial lead for the members' pathway in that province. And then they manage the PPOs, which is the provincial, and we should put members' pathway officer in there, but we've got provincial pathway officer in there. And that is a team of provincial officers, the almoner, the mentor, the learning and development officer, the lodge membership, the membership officer, who all come together and they facilitate delivery at a local level. But they can guide up where we need changes, bring that to advice, and then that comes into the crucible that is the members' pathway working party. We will put recommendations together and then we'll pass them up to the boss. Stephen Varley. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thank you. Now, to, to clarify, I noticed there that you were very particular in calling it the members' pathway instead of pathway why is it so important that that we do that so the members pathway is our concept as you jelly it's a tool it's a framework that we've put together to use lots of other organizations have got their own pathways some of these are quite personal in the fact that they can relate to medical treatment certainly in part in parts of england if you go to the north the pathway is actually uh, a route for cancer treatment right and we need to be very careful that when we talk about a members pathway it's about the journey for Freemasonry, and we don't want to trigger any memories that could be difficult for people to think of if we call it pathway. Yeah. But also, if we can't speak with one voice and one brown message, we're not going to achieve a lot. So really, we need to be on context of it's the members' pathway and the messages that are under it. Yeah, absolutely. We do get quite cross when people call it other, other things other than the members' pathway. We've had membership pathway and members journey and all sorts of weird and wonderfuls and it's important that we have this brand and that we keep it consistent as chris has said absolutely now staying with you Stephen, how important is the members pathway in delivery of you jelly's new seven-year strategy it's hugely important it's the spearhead of what we're trying to do and if you start to follow the members pathway then you will find almost certainly that your numbers start to grow and that the strategy becomes very easy to adopt and to use. Mm. Uh, It is so important and it's mentioned numerous times within the strategy and as far as I'm concerned, it's it's the key element to it. Brilliant. Now, I'm going to throw this open to all of you, starting with you, Ian. What are your hopes for the future of the Members' Pathway? 
my hopes are not for the future of the members' pathway. My hopes are for thriving, a thriving membership, uh, which, of course, the members' pathway is a tool and a route by which we can achieve a thriving membership. Chris? Uh, very easy. The fact that it's going to be second nature... So rather than the fact we've got to have lots of promotion on the members' pathway, guiding people to use the tools and resources, mm. that actually it's something that's just intrinsic with how we work in our lodges mm. and its second nature approach. Mm. At the moment, sadly, we've got to promote the engage, retrieve and attract and planning hub sections because not every lodge actually understands the importance of this work in having a happy, harmonious and healthy lodge. And if that's just there and existing by default, it was going to make everyone's lives happier and easier. Yeah. Stephen? That it achieves and continues to achieve what we hoped it would do. Simple as that. Thank you very much. Now we're on to our final question, gents. I'm sure you'll be relieved to hear. Can you each give me a simple action that lodge members can do, and there are probably a few of them listening as we, right now, that lodge members can do to best use the members' pathway? And Chris, if we start with you. Don't treat it as someone else's job to do. We talk about having a lodge membership team, and there are key officers in that, but they can have assistance. So if you're listening to this, you're interested in your Freemasonry Mm. or possibly joining a lodge and getting involved. But the reality is that everyone can be a stakeholder in shaping the future of their lodge, and this is a great route to do it, and the guidance and support is there. Stephen? Uh, To be flexible, not to be dogmatic and to use the members' pathway to achieve the aims of increasing the membership within your lodge. Thank you. And Ian? Uh, talk to members of your lodge. Persuade them. As, as, as a lodge, you need to embrace the members' pathway. Um, you might find that your lodge may have had many, uh, much larger numbers uh, many years ago, and you would like to see those numbers come back again. The members' pathway will be the route by which it will happen. Brethren, thank you all very much for your time. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. So the members' pathway, brethren, found it really interesting actually listening back to that interview. And the, the thing that I really took away from that is having seen the previous members' pathway, um, which I think it's safe to say for anybody who saw it was quite a large document of sort of linear yeah. pages, um, to have this very condensed graphical mm. template, easy to consume. Easy to consume. It's a template for lodges to use, and it's a, the great thing about it is because it's a circle. It gets you to think about the fact that this is an ongoing process with members. Mm. It's not something which starts at contact and, and finishes. Stops, yeah. Exactly. Finishes with initiation. It's an ever-going, yeah. ever-evolving process with these members to keep them engaged and to keep sort of them wanting to come back to the lodge or to their chapter, because mm-hmm. that's an integral part of it as well, introducing the Royal Arch and keeping them engaged with Freemasonry. Mm. So yeah, there's, yeah. there's always something to go on to. Absolutely, always, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Royal Arch is, 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 is obviously separate. That's, that's going to be covered with archway but yeah. absolutely i think there's a big part of that retrieval mm. you know um is leading on to further mm. masonic experience yeah go on steve I, I i personally like the the mention of bugle uh i discovered it not that long ago myself and found it really useful so i definitely recommend it to the bugle website yeah the bugle website with uh, all sorts of resources on there that that are just helpful for for anyone whether you're in uh whether you're, you've got an office in your in your lodge or if you have an office in your province or mm. district or, or not at all and you're just interested in this kind of thing, that something like Bugle allows you to, to read about it, understand it better and, and potentially get involved, put yourself forward yeah. for, for different things and different I- put your ideas forward to your lodge. So it's b.ujelly.org.uk. B, just the letter B, dot ujelly.org. 
www.marketingmarketing.org.uk. Where do they come up with these names? Oh, who come up with that? Who comes up with marketing? (laughs) Honestly. No, I I, I hope that was useful to people. I mean, generally, I think there's, especially with incomms, I think there's certainly an attraction to focus more on that younger demographic of people coming into Mm. Freemasonry. And I, I I think what the Members Pathway reminds us is that actually we aren't just restricted to young people. Actually, I think there's a real target there for us when we look at that sort of older demographic people that maybe have just retired, have a lot of extra time on their hands. And the Members Pathway really does provide us with that process and that, as you say, James, that template to attract those people, to engage with them, to plan their future and then and then to keep them engaged and enjoying their, their Freemasonry. Um, yeah, personally, I think I love my Freemasonry and I would love to spend more time on it. But, you know, little thing called life gets in the way Uh, and obviously if you're if you're retired if you're uh, in a different stage in your life where you've got more time on your hands whenever that may be um then then i definitely think freemasonry is a a very productive and and enjoyable way to to fill that Mm -hmm. time yeah no i totally agree it's the great thing about freemasonry is that it is open to all ages Mm. as long as you're above 18 you can become a Freemason. And we've talked about this in previous episodes, but to go back to what Sean was saying, it's not just about young members, the same as it's not just about older members. It's about bringing in people from all walks of life, all ages and all backgrounds. And I think you get something from that that you don't get in any other organisation. I think I think there's a misconception as well in general that older brethren in, in, in your lodge will discourage younger brethren from joining. And actually, from, from my mm. experience people my age really sort of appreciate that yeah. uh, that depth of, of age range mm. in, in a lodge that you get to meet people that otherwise you would just never talk to. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, so I think to, to sort of round up the conversation, chaps, if you are a lodge or if, even if you are a province, I would urge you, do go and seek out the Members' Pathway. You should have everything that you need. It's been circulated in First Rising, in Freemasonry Today. As I say, your province should have everything that they need. But if you do not, as James said, as Stephen has said, do head to b.ugle.org.uk and you can find all of the resources for the Members Pathway there for your consumption. Right, chaps, are we done? I think so. Great to be with you again, guys. See you next time. Bye for now. Bye, guys. Craftcast, the Freemasons podcast. The podcast is hosted by Sean Butler, Stephen Watley and James Dalton. The producer is Marta Zandri. And the podcast is edited by Trisonic. Mm-hmm.